Dimitri Morse here for another episode of Interviewing Influencers. Today I have the privilege to interview Jordan Persapio. Jordan was my small group leader when I was in junior high school. He's played a big role in my involvement in an organization called Food Fight. Uh, helped me through some struggling times. Uh, ultimately motivated me to do some big things. Jordan's awesome. Uh, he is somebody that cares and somebody that wants to see their friends do well. And for that, I'm thankful for Jordan. So, yeah, I think you guys will enjoy him. Also, I hope you guys are enjoying this song. My man Calvin Ives in Boston. He goes to Berkeley College of Music. He made a remix of this song called Why by Tales of Ode. And you gotta go check him out. SoundCloud.com slash Big City Music. City with an S. SoundCloud.com slash Big City Music. He's awesome. This episode's gonna be awesome. So stay tuned. And be sure to enjoy this episode. And it is live. I am here and honored to be with Jordan Persapio. Jordan is awesome. Um, most of you uh, may not know him, but he actually played a big role in my early middle school, high school days. Um, he was actually my small group leader, um, and he was able to pour into me a lot, um, especially in middle school where I had a great group of guys, Bobby Ludden, JT Ives, that crew. Um, we go back, but Jordan was there nurturing us as a leader and um, spiritually pouring into us. And um, those were good days. Um, not only was he my small group leader, but he was uh, one of the one of the guys in a blast small group that started this organization called Food Fight. Food Fight's a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to eradicating world hunger and creating um, positive, powerful, and capable student leaders in the process. And so um, Jordan was able to be there at the at the start of that. Um, so Jordan, I'm really glad to have you. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Boom. Today. I'm so glad to have you. Um, so how's life? What's new, man? Uh, how's life? Uh, well, as you know, I'm in med school right now. That's kind of what's, what's new, what's yeah. been new for the last two years. Uh, and I'm studying for my first uh, major medical board exam. And so, uh, right now the, uh, the chaos and, and the stress is kind of peaking Yeah, and, uh, take my exam on February 6th. And then hopefully it's all downhill from there. Uh, from what I hear, that's when I finally get to get into the hospitals after that test and, uh, and start learning what it's really like to be a doctor and totally uh, get out of the classrooms finally and, uh, get the hands-on learning done, which I'm really excited for. Mostly, I'm just really excited to be done with these tests. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And you put a lot of work in. I've been following you on Facebook and all that. They've been some dark days to meet you. Oh, yeah. Some dark days. <laughs> dark days. <laughs> hey, you're the man. Um, I'd like to ask, what sparked your interest into the medical field? Uh, okay, so um, so you mentioned Food Fight. Uh, you mentioned that I was a part of the first class that started Food Fight. Uh, prior to Food Fight, I really had no ambition to do anything big with my life. Uh, too big with my life. I mean, I uh, just kind of wanted to get a get a job that made money that I would have plenty of free time with. Uh, 
which isn't wrong. I'm just saying that's my, yeah. I had no ambitions to push myself yeah. through that many years of school to be a doctor. Uh, well, food fight kind of changed all that doing that. We'll go into more of that yeah. later. Uh, but then I went to school to become a youth pastor at Cornerstone university up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And while I was there, I kind of came to this realization that ministry needs to happen outside of the walls of the church. Not to knock anybody who's a minister yeah. because we need ministers. Ministers are who invest in people like you and me when we get into the church. But I realized that one of the glaring weaknesses in Christianity might be that we don't get out of the church enough. And I really felt that at Cornerstone while I was there surrounded by a very Christian community that didn't, as I felt, get out enough. And that might have just been my own experience. No, I, I really on that one. <laughs> I don't know. But, but uh, <laughs> that's when I kind of realized. I want to, I want to get out of this and, and do something else with my life. And I knew that I wanted to do something bigger and I wanted to push myself and, uh, not bigger than being a pastor, but just, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to settle for, um, for, for anything else besides, uh, a position of influence. And so, uh, I knew that I liked science. I knew that I, I always loved the idea of being a doctor. It just always seemed too hard for me. Uh, and I had a really good friend at the time named Tyler Mitchell, who was going into that field. And we talked about it. And I kind of realized that this, this, is, this is where I wanted to go. I yeah. wanted to be like Jesus Christ in the way that he healed people physically. But I wanted to do more than that and use that, that physical healing uh, to maybe expose a, uh, a spiritual need for healing. And uh, and be able to reach people spiritually outside of the walls of the church, you know. Totally. Um, and you said you didn't have ambition till you met Food Fight. So what influenced you to start? It what influenced the start of Food Fight? Uh, well, what is not so much a question as much as it is who. And yeah. uh, so I remember it was my senior year of high school. And we were at Blast, which is a retreat that uh, Community Christian Church puts on. And you've been there, like you said. Yeah. I've, I've been your leader there. I've been a student there. So this was my senior year of high school, and I was a student there. And Sean Williams, uh, our youth pastor at the time, was up on stage uh, doing a call to, uh, to, to us as a group of young people. He was calling us uh, to get out of the boat. And what he meant by that was that he he wanted us to leave our safe zone. And he was uh, he was alluding to the passage in the Bible where Peter gets out of the boat and onto the water and starts walking to Jesus Christ and how he did the impossible in that Peter, who is just a man, walked on water, which has never been done before. Well, you got all the videos on YouTube. It's never actually been done before, you know, and outside of this moment because it's impossible it's physically impossible and so this amazing thing happened all because peter had the faith to get out of his comfort zone in the boat and step out on the water and walk towards jesus and so i just remember at the end sean was uh full of emotion man he was yeah. completely full of emotion and he was just calling he said young people get out of the boat get out of the boat and then he asked us, what would it look like if you got out of the boat? He said, what would it look like or what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? 
He said, God is on your side. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? And that was just this sobering moment where everybody just kind of filtered out of the out of the um, auditorium area where he was uh, where he was speaking, and we went back to our uh, hotel rooms and our smaller groups and kind of talked about it. And we started tossing this question around: What would we do if we knew we could not fail? And something that's beautiful about high school students is their naivety. <laughs> so, so we were naive, and and I say that in a good way, actually, because. Mm-hmm because we started tossing that question around and, and what did, what was the answer that we came up with? We would end world hunger. That's what we decided. If we could do something and we would not fail, we would end world hunger. And then we took it to the next level, or at least our, our, our group leader, Mike Charta, um, encouraged us to take it to this next level. And he said, well, why don't you do it? <laughs> And so we were like kind of looking at each other like, oh, my goodness. And, and uh, I think we kind of slept on it. And a group of us uh, decided that we actually wanted to take it to the next level. So we stayed up and we talked about it and, uh, and, and started just like dreaming. And that's, and that's where Food Fight uh, began. And that's where the ambition for Food Fight began. Totally. Um, so what or who pushed push you to continue investing time into the mission uh okay so 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 how do you mean um so let's say food fight as a whole the the whole driving um like cause this the stuff that brings out the emotions like what what pushed you to continue like doing food fight you know what i mean like beyond what point like what are we talking about like beyond my senior year beyond your senior year beyond the years you were part of it like what a lot what what pushed you to like do it you know what I mean mm-hmm. so so something that uh is one of the beautiful things about food fight is you're taking high school students who are dreaming huge and and telling them they can do this uh but one of the challenges uh major challenges and this is I know this is going to address yeah. your questions coming up but uh one of the major challenges is that these high school students have never done this before they don't know they don't know what they're doing and so so my desire and i've i've fallen majorly short in in this in this area but my desire uh is to invest back in these young people that are doing food fight these high school students that are taking on food fight and equipping them with the skills that they need to do their very best and so they don't feel like they're out in the middle of the ocean with no life life jacket you know no life preserver, no boat in sight, uh, because it's overwhelming when you decide to do something big. When you decide to tackle something as big as ending world hunger, uh, it's it's completely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I remember moments when I was in high school where uh, myself and John Masikis, uh, my good friend, uh, who was who was alongside me the whole way, uh, were in. Corn, two different corners of an office that we had, uh, or or a, 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 a conference room or whatever, wherever we were, curled up in the field position, just being quiet, maybe making some whimpering noises, you know, just like scared, <laughs> you know, yeah. helpless. We don't know where to turn next, kind of thing. And uh, and I I really want to be able to invest in the students doing 
food fight or the young people that are taking these things on in a way that encourages them and equips them to do their very best. Like I said, do you think surrounding yourself with people like leaders and like people like Mike Charta could equip you? Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, 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 people like, uh, uh, Sean Williams, Mike Charta, uh, Brett Koontz, uh, Uh, David Stevenson has invested a lot in this. Uh, my father, Jeff Rosabio, has invested a lot in this. Uh, Brian Stapleton was huge uh, in that first year. He sat down with us. He's an advertising guy. He sat down with us and and essentially laid it all on the table. He spent there was one time we spent seven hours in a room together trying to learn about marketing, and yeah. uh, and he just kind of tutored us through that and, and told us and kind of get us got us over that hump of mostly fear. We're just like, what if it doesn't work? And he's like, you just, you do it. You get creative. You put your ideas on a board and then you start marketing. That's what you do. That's how yeah. you get people interested. And he, so, so, so there were adults that had to come in and help us out in order for us to get where we wanted to go. Yeah. Without a doubt. Totally. That is awesome. Um, Cause I've definitely had to reach out to adults that I look up to in order to push through the time that I was intrigued by it because mm-hmm. it, because it definitely was overwhelming at times. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. It's overwhelming for an adult to do. <clears throat> so yeah. what you're, what you're, what you're doing is you're just getting their experience. So even though, even with their experience, if it was an adult, I mean, you don't see every adult going out and trying to end world hunger because it's an overwhelming thing. Yeah. Uh, most would say it's an impossible thing, you know, but it's, it's for sure overwhelming and without experience, it becomes, Oh my goodness. It, it's, it, it be, it's too much. And so you go to these adults and you try to take the experience that you can get from them and then use that to, to continue to push forward in, in achieving this dream. You know? Yeah. And you have to be open. You have to be open-minded. You got to be willing. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see results, which is, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to skip one. Um, do you have any morning or weekly routines? <laughs> Oh man, wrong guy to ask. Uh, it's, it's okay if yeah. you don't though, but you know, something that successful people do is they form routines and things like morning routines are huge. You know, yeah. uh, get up, make yourself a cup of coffee, Boom. eat a healthy breakfast, maybe go work out for a half an hour, maybe an hour, maybe 10 minutes, depending on how much time you have in your schedule. Yeah. Finding the time to create that morning routine uh, is, is huge to, to, uh, setting yourself up for success for the rest of the day, yeah. you know? Uh, and I've read it and I've heard it and I know it and I've seen it, but I, I've not made it my own. Yeah. You know? I, I can actually relate to that. Yeah. And then I can say that that is, that is most likely one of the largest contributing factors to my shortcomings in med school and my shortcomings and all the things that I've tried to accomplish and and something that I really do to hurt myself is that I don't set that morning that that routine and uh, especially with with studying studying in med school is so overwhelming and I can tell you right now I just crumble underneath the boulder the weight of this boulder you know the weight of this burden I crumble because I don't I don't organize myself I don't set up this routine I don't I don't you know a wise woman Donna Ruman once told me uh, she had, or she asked me uh, while I was applying to undergraduate, uh, however many years ago, seven, eight years ago, um, and I was freaking out. And she said, "Jordan, how do you eat an elephant?" 
And I said, Damn, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I have no idea how to eat an elephant. I mean, I guess maybe you take a steak out of the butter. I don't know what you do. How yeah. do you eat an elephant? She goes, no, how do you eat an elephant? It's like, I don't know. You don't eat an elephant. It's legal. She says, no, Jordan, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> and just kind of a firework yeah. off in my head. Just like, what? That makes so much sense. One bite at a time. And then, and you, and when you organize yourself and you plan things out, you start to see that. Yeah. And then you start to see that, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm actually digging into this and I'm accomplishing something. And you're able to see what you've accomplished because you're actually doing things instead of just trying to wrap your whole, like get it all done. Like in ter- with the elephant analogy, wrap your whole mouth around the elephant. That's never going to happen. Yeah. And you're just going to feel hopeless the whole time because you just can't do it. Totally. That is awesome. Um, so I'd like to ask about your med school experience because I know that's it's been a lot of your life best years. Wait, you know what? Time out. I want to go back to that question yeah. that you just asked me and uh, and also talk about so I so I mentioned that was one of my weaknesses, yeah. one of my greater weaknesses. I want to bring that back to food fight again. Yeah, yeah, totally. Please uh, do. Because food fight was some a time when we had when I saw a little bit more success in in me achieving uh, my dreams and I or a dream that I had at the time. And one of the reasons was because of the people I surrounded myself with. I mentioned John Masikas already. I, yeah. I mean, there was also uh, Katie Kluver at the time who was a senior in high school. There was uh, Sarah Ledden, Lena Masik. There were all these people around me. And, and I mentioned those names in particular because they complemented my weaknesses. Those, those are four people, uh, and I should say Cheyenne Denson as well. Uh, those are five people who were very organized. And they were good at, I would say, we need to get all these things d- done and we need to get them done now. And they said, well, that's not going to happen. So let's figure out when we're going to do them and let's figure out who we need to talk to before then and how we're going to get them and what we need to get this thing done. And they were very organized people. And so I would say um, that was huge in my success or our success. I shouldn't even say my success because it was, it was our success. We were a team. There was no president of food fight. You know, there was no leader. Uh, we were we were all leading it together and that was one of our that was like that was that was huge for me because I never would have been able to do it had I not had those people slowing us down sorry we never would have been able to do it had had I been in charge yeah had I been the person who was just running the whole show and not had all these people who were uh, so talented in these different areas that I'm very weak in uh, helping me through it you know Totally. So surrounding yourself with those people is, is hugely important to accomplishing any kind of large task like that. Totally. Um, can I grow into this now? Go ahead and ask. Boom, me. I'm going into right. it. <laughs> what is med school like? Um, can you explain some things you've learned about yourself? Uh, things I've learned about myself. Well, first off, let me tell you what med school is like. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but only kind of kidding. If you're questioning whether or not you should be in med school or whether or not you like it, uh, I would slow down uh, because med school, literally, when they say it takes over your life, they're not exaggerating at all. I mean, you, you, you really, and there are some people who are exceptional students and they're able to find some semblance of balance. But for the most part, all of us med students have no balance and uh, feel guilty every time we spend like a week or an hour a week watching a TV show, you know, cause we're just like, we should be studying right now. And, uh, yeah. and it's just um, so stressful. And, uh, and like I said, like these have been some dark days. Med school has been rough, a rough two years. Um, 
but what have I learned about myself uh, during med school? I've learned how dependent I am on God, and I've learned that repeatedly. <laughs> and I've learned how uh, how panicking accomplishes very little <laughs> in the long run. Uh, I, I do a lot of panicking, and, and it never seems to get me anywhere. Uh, I've learned that uh, you can succeed in spite of your weaknesses. Uh, but I'd say there's a whole lot that I should have learned during med school that I haven't learned <laughs> in terms of organization, like you said, mm -hmm. in terms of um, how to study well, in terms of all these different things. Uh, but I guess another thing that I've learned is that if, if you put your mind to it, if you're determined to do a thing, you can do it. Because let me tell you, I, I am one of the least qualified medical students in the United States of America. And I can guarantee you of that. That's not humility speaking. That's just, that's a, that's a straight up guarantee. Uh, but I'm still here and time after time, uh, <clears throat> time after time, it's looked like it was going to be impossible for me to get onto the next step of med school. Uh, for me, I would, I was looking at it as, as a giant wall that I would never be able to get over. And lo and behold, I would find myself on the other side of that wall. And, uh, and there have been moments where, uh, some, some would call them coincidences. Some would call them just happenings, I guess. But I would say that God interfered and, and played a role in my life during med school. And, uh, and I really just learned how to depend on him and lean on him and turn to him in all things. So it's awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, so what is one of your biggest takeaways from food fight from being a part of food fight? Uh, from being a part of food fight, one of my biggest takeaways, uh, I think I mentioned most of them already, but I'll just kind of summarize. Uh, one of my major takeaways was surround yourself with people who, uh, who can make you stronger, who can build you up. If you're weak in an area, be humble, admit that you're weak in that area and find people who are strong in that area and get them on your side. Uh, another thing I learned is doors close quickly and most doors are going to be closed. Mm -hmm. uh, you go knocking on a door and, and there's, I would say, depending on how personable you are, there's 90% to 99% chance that that door is going to close on you. That person's going to say no. You're going to make a request and it's going to get rejected. Uh, but it only takes one open door uh, to to get to the other side, you know. And I, and I learned that through Food Fight especially because we did face lots of trials and rejections and uh, moments where we were told no and times when we realized it was impossible. And, and, you know, that's why we ended up working with a organization that was all the way from Minnesota while we were sitting in Naperville. And they're our parent organization now because everybody else that was closer to us said no. And somehow we we're, we were led, and I would say miraculously led, uh, through the voice of the Holy Spirit because it made no sense. We were led to this group in Minnesota who who said yes. There was the door that opened, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know we were told at my school we were told no, you can't you can't run this or this event. You have no experience. You have no uh, organizational backing. You have uh, you have you just come into us with an idea is there's nothing for us to do here. It's going to cost money. We can't do this. No. And then we were told at other schools, no, no, no. Well, we just kept knocking, kept finding, kept finding doors to knock on. And eventually we got some yeses at one school and yeses in another school. And then the next year, all the schools that didn't want to do it the year before 
all of a sudden wanted to do it and mm-hmm. be a part of it. And so I learned that I, I learned about resilience and persistence and not giving up and not being put down by rejection. And, and then one thing that I've realized, and this has been a combination of food fight, life, med school in general, is you deal with rejection when it comes and you don't sit there and fear it and you don't sit there and stress out over it. And while I say I've learned this, it's something that I still struggle with greatly. Uh, You know, things don't always go the way that you want them to. They usually don't. And when they don't, then you can deal with it, you know, and you can move forward from that point. But you don't sit there with anxiety and let it cripple you because then you're not going to get anywhere at all. And rejection isn't the worst thing in the world. You get to grow from it. Failure isn't the worst thing in the world. You get to grow from it. And you get to approach it. Now you're older, wiser. And you get to approach it with with a new perspective and worldview that's going to help you be successful the next time. Totally. Yeah. Now i got to believe that. I've learned it, but I've got to yeah. really believe it. And it's harder to believe. It's easier to talk about and say out loud, but it's really hard to believe and internalize and and use that to push forward, you know? Totally, yeah. Um, we're about to wrap this up. Okay. Everything you said is awesome. I can even learn from it. Um, but any advice for someone that would want to start an organization on mission to help the world? Maybe the, organ- the, the, girl, girl, the world. The world. Sorry. The world. The world. <laughs> world. Who do you want me to help? The world. <laughs> okay. No, but you, you know what I mean. So, like, all right. Maybe f- something like food fight. Not exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I'll, I'll look in the camera for this one so that they know that I'm talking to them. Uh, look, guys, you can't do it by yourself. Whatever it is that you want to do right now, whatever it is that you want to accomplish today. You cannot do it by yourself. And I personally uh, would recommend turning to God first and foremost. But that's not going to work for for all of you. That's not the direction that all of you are headed. Uh, and, And if that doesn't work, next you turn to the people around you. You look and you might think you know nobody who can help you. Well, that might be true. But you might know somebody who knows somebody who can help you. And you need to ask. And anytime you can gain an audience to share your mission, to share your dream, you take that opportunity to gain that audience. And like I said, most of them are going to say no. There were so many times when I stood in front of 20, 30 people at a time and presented my dream, presented my idea, presented what I wanted to accomplish. And they said, oh, it's all really great, but we just, we are going to be unable to help you on this one. And, uh, and that's going to happen. And people are going to say no, and that's okay. That doesn't make them bad people. But you just take them and you say, okay, well, you can't help me. Do you know anybody I can talk to who might be able to help me? And then you move on to that next connection. And you just keep on doing that and gaining connection and expanding your network and working your way out until you have a group of people that is on your side. And when you have people on your side, and this is somewhere where I've fallen short, repeatedly when you have people who are on your side you nurture those relationships big time you nurture them and you keep up with them and you make sure that everybody has direction and uh and and that's and that everybody's on the same page and you're together and you put time into it and invest time into it and you don't overload yourself and overwhelm yourself with things because uh you, if you have too many things pulling you in different directions 
you're not going to be able to focus on this one thing that you're trying to accomplish. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all about resilience and persistence. And, and when a door closes, find another door to knock on. Just keep on going and reach out, build that network. Totally. Thank you so much. Anything else you'd want to say or you think we're good to wrap it up? Go change the world. Go influence some people. Uh, if Sean Williams never stood on that stage and asked us and, and, and asked us to do something to get out of the boat, to get out of our comfort zone, food fight would have never happened. And now it's, oh my goodness, 10 years in running. Uh, these high schoolers have been uh, packing food to end world hunger and growing into leaders in, in the world. And so, uh, I mean, big things can happen from from you going out and interacting with people. Something that we all have to realize is no matter what we do, every time we leave our front door, we are influencing somebody in some sort of way. And, uh, and don't get big headed about it because everybody's influencing people, but recognize that you're influencing people and use that to be a positive influence in the world. Butterfly effect. Boom. Yes. Big things happen. Little things can cause big things to happen. I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Um, I really appreciate you and everything you stand for. Um, it really, really over the years, it's important to me um, in big ways. Um, especially, um, when it came to the rough times in food fight, I knew I would call you and be like, Hey man, what do I do? And like, I just remember one time, like we got off the call, I started sobbing cause I knew that somebody would support me. You know what I mean? Somebody would hear me out and, mm-hmm. you know, push me and um, push me to be resilient um, with my ideas. And um, I just really appreciate you for that. Um, you mean a lot to me. And I know we're going to stay connected throughout your years, oh, even when you're Absolutely. a doctor, which will be really Absolutely. cool. Oh, I'll be, so I'll be friends with the doctor guys. Um, but anyways, um, I appreciate you, Jordan. Um, so everybody listening, thank you for thank you for tuning in again. Stay tuned. There's definitely more on the way. Um, this this episode means a lot to me. Um, so I hope you liked it. Jordan it is awesome. Um, maybe next time we see him, we'll be a doctor. Who knows? But uh, I'll be like a legit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like doctor. Okay. Anyways, take care. Hope you guys are having a blessed week. And. Peace out. For more information about interviewing influencers, go to interviewinginfluencers.org. There you'll be able to find some more information about the podcasts that are already up, some planned podcasts for the future, and an opportunity to subscribe. That would help a lot. I appreciate you guys. You have a great week. Do some cool things, maybe. Help some people out. You guys are awesome.